0: You're listening to Q Marriage Mentors with Jeff Lutz, a podcast featuring conversations with remarkable lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender couples. What makes great relationships work? Jeff will ask the questions. You'll hear the answers. Together, we'll learn.
1: Hey everybody, Jeff here. Today I talk to Mary Summerall and Ann Woods from Austin, Texas. Mary and Ann are both writers. And Anne is also an artist. They've been together ten years, and it's my pleasure to have them on the show. Anne, Mary, thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank oh, you, thanks Jeff, for
2: having us.
1: You're welcome. Um, and what a beautiful home you have, by the way.
0: Why, thanks. It was an interesting journey to get into here.
1: <laughs> it's gorgeous. Thank so, you.
0: tell me how you all met. We met in a writers' group um, back about ten. No, back 15 years ago. Yeah. Don't you think? About 15 years ago. Both with other people at the time. We were both in other relationships, and we had a mutual friend who decided to start a group for writers to get together, and I think a lot of times what writers' groups are about is keeping people accountable so that you have somewhere you have to have written something to show people so you don't just procrastinate all the time. And uh, so we both got into that group, and we... um, we're friendly, we liked each other, but I don't think it occurred to either one of us that we might be interested in each other in any kind of romantic way because we were both in other committed relationships. Um, and so the writer's group went its way. We did our thing. We, you know, critiqued each other's work with the other people in the group. And then it lasted for about two years, and then it just dispersed. And so we didn't see each other after that. And then Facebook came along. <laughs> you say what you will about Facebook. That was, uh, that sealed our fate because we found each other on Facebook and we became Facebook friends. Ah. And so, you know, a good three years after the writers group disbanded, we decided to meet for coffee and we were no longer in other relationships and our reaction to each other was very different at that time.
2: Yeah. It was, it was really surprising. We, We showed up, Mary had finished writing, um, what had started as a short story and became a novella. And we had, I invited her to coffee so that we could celebrate that. And that's all. It was just going to be a kind of a quick reunion and hey, cheers and catch me up. And, and, uh, we sat and talked for, was it three or four hours? Mm-hmm. And it, and both of us kind of went home and were really surprised by like, oh, this could be a thing. I didn't know this <laughs> could be a thing. And it was just delightful.
1: Well, so during those two years that you were in Uh, previous relationships, but in the writer's group, Uh, were there sparks? Did you notice any kind of connection during that time, or did that happen later? There weren't
2: romantic sparks. I I remember noticing that Mary seemed like she was the kind of person who would be great in a relationship. Like, like she just seemed like a grown-up you know, in a, in a really lovely way. And, and just through our, our writing interactions, I, I just had the best time getting to know her because she's, I think the smartest person I know. And it was just a huge pleasure talking to her. So I would say that's a kind of a core of our first, our friendship and now our, our marriage
0: is we just sit and matter at each other all the time. You know? That's true. I had a similar reaction, to Anne. I, I, remember thinking there were qualities that she had that I was impressed by. You know, I thought that she was um, considerate, you know, the other people. Like when she would critique their work, she was never uh, undiplomatic about it. She was always constructive. You know, there were things about her that I admired um, as a person, though, not as, you know, necessarily a romantic partner, but that became really important qualities when we did end up in a relationship. I see. And you said you connected years later on Facebook,
1: Mm -hmm. and you had this uh, face-to-face, and and you said, this could be a thing. Yeah. At at what point did you each know, hey, I want to pursue this and see if I can make it something
2: long well, it's funny I was sculpting full time uh when, when we had that coffee and it was just coming up to the fall art season and I had this great little show down in San Marcos and I invited her to it on a whim and uh, I was expecting a lot of people to come but when the it was Thanksgiving weekend and it was all the way out in San Marcos and when that weekend arrived it there was like sleet and freezing rain it was nasty and it was an outdoor show and so I'm like, okay, well, nobody's going to come to this thing. But I actually, two people did show up to see my work. One was my mommy, and the other one was Mary Summerall. And I had I had gone inside the thaw and and was standing there, and I saw her walking up this long driveway. And I was like, she came to this thing. It 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 just it really surprised me and and touched you and touched me. And I I registered like how glad I was that she was there and had my own little private moment where I let her like walk all the way up so I could watch her until she, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I just, it was like, okay, this person's serious. This person's really, really interested and is willing to go to some effort to see what I'm about. And it, it got my attention.
0: Yes, that's true. I decided at the end of that, uh, coffee, when you gave me the postcard saying where the show was and everything that I wanted to go, that I wanted to get to know you better. I knew that. And I, I don't know if I knew how much better I wanted to get to know you, but I knew I wanted to get, I wanted to, get to know you. And I also, I don't know, I just like to do what I say I'm going to do. I think a lot of people don't do that. And I said I would come, and I not only wanted to, I didn't want to not go after you've gone to the trouble of asking me to go. That, that so, there. so there. So that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea you were watching me walk up the driveway. That was great. So. You said that's the quality that
2: yeah uh, yeah heard. she follows through she's she's unfailingly kind and she's one of the most considerate people I know. Um, she does what she says she's gonna do and it's it's just I, I was so ready to be in a relationship with with a grown-up, you know
1: So let's uh, play off of that just a little bit. Tell me, uh, you, you mentioned that you were each in previous relationships. How did
0: those relationships shape or impact your all's relationship? That's a good question. Since our relationship started relatively late, I I know I, I looked on your website and I saw that some of the couples you talked to have been together, you know, forty years sometimes. So they had to have started fairly early, and in our case, a little bit later. So there was there were past relationships to have an influence, but.
2: uh I would say the main thing that I learned from those relationships was the importance of um, being honest about what I'm feeling and taking the risk of of trusting my partner enough to talk to them about what I'm feeling, even if that feels like it, it might raise conflict. I'm a very conflict-avoidant person, and on on my end of it, I would say that was what ultimately... Was the end of my last two relationships was that I didn't have that trust to to get out there with what I was feeling, and so this time I decided I was I would come hell or high water I was gonna make myself talk, and it's that trust that
0: I think is our foundation. It is because that goes that's exactly how I feel about my past relationships. I I was um, I'm gonna use the word dishonest when I was younger. I would often. Um, I, I don't want to call myself a liar, but I would put the best possible spin on things. I would, you know, put a happy face on something when it really wasn't. I mean, uh, professionally, I write marketing materials, and I respect <laughs> the profession, but let's face it. There's an Emily Dickinson poem that says, Tell the truth, but tell it slant. And I would tell it slant, and I did that in relationships to no one's benefit. You know, it did not benefit me to not be completely honest about what I was feeling. And it certainly didn't benefit my partners because how could they, you know, interact and respond with me in a way that was going to move us forward if I was never being completely honest about what I was feeling. And I think it was about fear. Uh, I don't want to speak for Anne, but I think both of us had a fear of that very fundamental little kid fear: of what if they don't like me anymore? You know, what if they see what I'm really like and they don't like me anymore? So I think I spent a lot of time just trying to be sure that I didn't take any risks that were going to uh, result in in uh, me ultimately feeling unloved or unworthy or something like that. So I'm
1: hearing you say that you're more authentic and honest in relationship with each other. Is that
0: because
1: of each other, or is that because of? The previous relationships not working a little bit of both how would you
2: i would have to answer that yes um in my previous relationships i just i just wasn't ready i hadn't learned how to do that yet and it's no reflection on the, on the people i was in relationships with um but also in, in this relationship specifically i i maybe it's because we knew each other as friends first and i saw how you treated your last partner, which it seemed like a very respectful relationship. And I, have seen how you are with our mutual friends. I, I just trust you. And, um, and after I kind of took that first risk to say, you know, I'm frustrated by this or angry about that. And we were able to talk it out and everything was okay. It, it, it created the space to keep building on it where now I know I can, you know, whatever negative emotion I'm, I'm feeling um I I can bring it to the table and we can talk it out and it might not be comfortable and we might get mad at each other but we we talk it through with respect for each other until we find a place where we can move forward and I just trust that.
1: Has there ever been a time where that was tested and you thought you might
0: not make it through? I don't think so. I don't think it was ever something to the point of this could this could be the end of things but we had a very very challenging time when we first moved into this house um that's uh, true (laughs) when we got here uh, there was a lot of stress on so many levels one was that the house is a lot smaller than we thought it was going to be because there is a garage apartment here and when we bought the house we thought oh how great we'll have our offices there The home here, whatever, we'd have like, you know, 2,000 square feet or something. Well, we didn't know until we bought the house that there was a tenant there. And we weren't contractually obliged to allow her to stay. She was just on a month-to-month lease. But come on, you know, we're not going to throw her out. So we're in close quarters here. There is the way it was remodeled. um, There is a master suite and there is another room, which can be an office or a bedroom whatever. And then as you can see, the whole living space, the uh, living room kitchen all of that dining is all one space yeah. we live in a big room <laughs> and we are both kind of introverted people and so that was a challenge all of a sudden we were in this space and we were just together all the time as well and we both work from home and we both work from home. so we're here all so the time <laughs> there was that and also we had pets who were all aging we had four pets who were old pets and they all seemed like they started having health problems at the same time. And in fact, within a year, all those pets had passed. Yeah, we lost them So that was stressful. I kind of think, well, so it was just a, it was really, I mean, we were pretty, uh, oh, you know. <laughs> well, and, and going back to the thing about
2: previous relationships just for a second, like, I think if I had not, like, after I had, after I ended the relationship or that relationship ended uh, before I started dating Mary, I lived by myself for seven years. And it was the first time I'd ever lived alone, which I, on, in retrospect, I feel so bad for the poor women that I had dated before because I did not know how to give people space. I didn't know I needed it. I didn't know other people needed it because I'd never lived alone. And I loved living alone. It was amazing. And I think that did uh, almost as much as anything else, including maybe even therapy, to make me a, a partner who was ready to meet Mary. And
1: so when you talk about uh, space. And you talk about living in a small home. Uh, I think maybe in a way you're talking about how to recognize and appreciate boundaries and the need for...
2: For sure, yes. Yeah? Tell tell me a little bit more about that. Um, Well, one of our saving graces actually is is how different we are. I spend a ton of time outside, and I'm a night owl. And Mary describes herself as indoorsy. And is a morning person. And so what we lack in, in our own individual space, we have an individual time. So I have a couple of hours at night to myself to do whatever I want. And she has a couple of hours in the morning. And then when I'm out in the studio or out in the garden, um, you know, we've, we've got plenty of space and that helps, that helps with it. But also we're just really respectful about, you know, like both of us are on the phone a lot. The parrot will start screaming. Uh, Mary has a parrot. She does not care for phone conversations. She'll start going, okay, now, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye now, really loud. And Clients love it, but only for a little while. Um, and so we've sort of learned to navigate in space to give each other the the time we need
0: and, and the silence we need to work. I think we, we had to learn a lot of those things when we moved in together. And we had reached a point in our relationship by then that I think we understood that we could do this. We, you know, we were stressed out, uh, had to learn that, oh, you know, if if Ann goes outdoors to do things, what? That's a great opportunity for me to do some things here rather than like follow you outside and say, what are you doing? Is it okay if I'm in, you know, we just had to learn that stuff. But we had a a, a foundation, I think that we had already built of a lot of trust in each other that it was okay to figure this stuff out and that there weren't really any wrong answers, but it, you know, it was, it was tough. And I think if we did not already have that sense of trust in each other, that that situation could have ended badly. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
2: it ends up being some of the like really small, stupid things. And I think this would be true of any relationship, right? They become the, the the conflicts like Mary Summerall likes to kind of file the garbage. (laughs) Um, all the garbage she she's she follows the rules of of recycling and I, I i do too to some extent um but but she's she's very organized about how the the garbage and the recycling happen and that's kind of her thing and and so you know the, when we start talking about that we laugh about it a lot i'm like and i just decided to be honest i'm like okay i'm not going to be Quite that organized about the garbage. So if this is really important to you, then can that be your chore? And you know, like, what's something you hate? I'll do something else. Like, and it's that kind of thing that if you weren't able to talk about it and laugh about it, would you know, just piss you off on a on a weekly okay. basis and kind of chisel away at
0: your at your friendship. I'll, I'll do this. I'll say that in previous relationships, how I might have handled that would have been to go outside with some garbage and to see that you had put like a garbage thing in the recycling bin or vice versa. Yes, it's petty, but okay. I would have just stood there and fumed. You know, I would have thought, why isn't she doing this right? Why is she doing it wrong? Would I have said anything? No. (laughs) But that's, that's one of the ways in which I think we both learned from past relationships. What's learning from past relationships And knowing that we can trust each other now and building on that. And so now it's like, I'll come in and go, why is there, um, whatever, why is there recycling in the garbage can? And she'll usually have an explanation like, oh, well, the recycling was full. So I thought you wouldn't mind if I just threw away a couple of things. Oh, well, that's true. I probably don't mind that. Okay, that's or I really do mentioned. mind that. Or, again. Yeah. <laughs> or why did you why did you put all that smelly compost in our recycling bin? It stinks. Like, oh, well, I thought her. you wouldn't mind. Well, I do. Next time don't put it in there. Okay.
1: But very different from just standing out there and fuming but not telling anybody.
0: Completely different and a lot healthier I think. Yeah. Well, tell me
1: about your coming out experiences years ago and how were they similar or
0: different? Uh, we were talking about this earlier uh, a little bit. One way in which they were similar is we both in our 20s, fairly active in the lesbian gay community um, in, in terms of being activists and being politically active uh, specifically for me. Um, I, uh, when I moved to Austin, was uh, a member of the uh, what was then the Lesbian Gay Political Caucus. I don't know if it still exists or what its name is now. But, um, I did a, I spent a lot of time and did a lot of work, uh, just working in the community toward, you know, positive political change for the LGBTQ community, which back then was just the LG community, I think. And, um uh, and, Anne too was active in the, in her twenties, in her college years, actually. And yeah.
2: And that, that was an adventure because I got a scholarship to Texas A&M. So I was at A&M in the late eighties and the early nineties, which was an uh, interesting time to be out. Um, I came out my senior year and I uh, joined the, it was the same deal. It was the gay and lesbian Aggies. And I think they added bisexual that year. And, you know, the initials continued to grow as we became more inclusive, but um, they had a thing there called the gay and lesbian speaker panel or speakers bureau. And what would happen is professors would invite us in in teams of two. There would be two women and two men to come in and talk to a class about the experience being gay. And, and that those were some interesting and challenging conversations. I had Bibles thumped in my face. Um, I also had some really remarkable moments where people came to me afterwards. One woman in particular came up to me afterwards and talked to me about how, um, her, I want to say her niece had, had recently come out and they weren't speaking. And that as a result of that conversation that we'd had that day, that she was going to reach out to her, you know, and, um, that that was that was huge for me. Like,
0: and I realized I, I just realized I answered that on a really on a more political than a personal level, but I think uh that oh, yeah. we're both committed to making a difference in the world and I think that's another thing in our relationship that binds us is that that's important to us and you can see it going back to when we were fairly young and didn't even know each other. Yeah. To to create change mm-hmm. in some way. I
2: I've always um since I came out made a point of, and it, 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 it's so different now, but uh, in, the, in the 80s and 90s and especially professionally because I was, I've, I've often been in kind of male-dominated uh, professions, um, I've always made it a point to be really out and, and not in an aggressive way at all, but just so that people could get to know me as Anne and, and have that experience to sit next to those gays. Back when that was more common, and and to me, that's always seemed like kind of a, a a quiet everyday activism that gives people an opportunity to kind of take their time and get there a little bit in terms of um, getting past you know religious fear or, or political fear. I see.
0: So tell me about your families and how
1: they connect to your story.
0: Well, my family is a really interesting, fun. Kind of crazy, loud Mexican family on my mother's side uh, I don't really I, I don't really know my the relatives on my father's side as well um, and there we're they they are very supportive of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother, uh, who is no longer with us, but when I first came out, my mother was not very supportive, but she she figured out pretty quickly that it made more sense to support my development and growth than not to because she did love me very much and so she came around but it took a while it was and it was not easy but she did come around and all her relatives though um you know my cousins her nieces and nephews and so forth have from the get-go since I came out been extremely supportive and they adore Anne from the minute they met her they invited her over for a fourth of July picnic or something and when she walked in they all threw their arms around her and it was, it was amazing. And they are very <laughs> you know, they're uh, politically they're very different than we are. We have really different um political beliefs and we're different in many ways, but we we have a very loving relationships with, with uh, our relatives for the most part. Yeah, they 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 were amazing
2: from the start. Um my family situation was, was kind of strange. Um I at about the time that I came out, we found out that my dad had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I knew that I was going to move home maybe even dur- during my senior year, but for sure after it was over, uh, move back home and help mom take care of daddy. And I had a very tight knit group through this um, gay and lesbian group. And we had flag advisors and um, I, someone that I really trusted advised me to go ahead and come out before moving home. And so I kind of, I think I came out a little too early, earlier than I maybe would have organically on my own because I thought it would be helpful. Um, I, I think my mother might might have a slightly different opinion about that. And, you know, looking back at it now as a person who's nearly the age now that she was then, it's like, you know, your, your husband's dying, your daughter's gay. That's a lot. It was a lot. And, uh, and she got there, to, to her credit. She, it, she not only got there, but she got to the point where she would out me to people without thinking about it and I would have to come up to her later and say, "Ooh, kind of put the brakes on that. You're making me a little uncomfortable." So my family uh, absolutely got there. At um, I, I think my uh, I think some folks maybe were a little more uncomfortable at first, but it's long since passed. And I'm by no means the only the only gay person in the family now. And it's you know we're all just one big happy mess. So Let's it's see. fine now. Okay,
1: so then there were some previous relationships, and you met, and you've been together. Ten years mm-hmm. and understand there's a story about an earthworm.
0: <laughs> oh yes. We have a half acre of land here and she has a little tiny mini farm out there. And so one day, shortly after we'd moved in, she came running in the house and she was so excited. And mm-hmm. I said, What is it? What is it? And she started waving this earthworm in my face. I <laughs> probably wouldn't have waved it at you. It would have been <laughs> like worm. look. And I was like, ah, I was like, she went full on girly girl, like you get out of this house <laughs> I'm like a 12 year old boy. Yeah.
2: yeah, but you know, it's like a good sign of health in the soil. I mean, the thing was huge, and uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so that's a so the thing.
0: It, there are things where we are so different. <laughs> it is just, it's, it's amazing sometimes that we are as connected as we are considering some of these. But the differences are, I would say, not fundamental. The fundamental things we're we're like. We both have gotten to a point in our lives where we really appreciate and understand the need for honesty and trust and all those qualities that make a good relationship.
1: Your values. Our are values
0: are similar. But we have, in terms of the way we live from day to day, we're really quite different. I, I would say the things
2: that we have in common and the things that are that are really fun about this relationship... You know, we have the same values and political beliefs. We're in this, in the same space spiritually. Uh, and both of us are very open to whatever the other person is, is into in, in that way. Um, but we, you know, there's, there's 15 years between us. And it's, it's funny though. Both of us believe that in, in, in the world, there are, there are kind of two kinds of people. There are, there are the grownups ups who are you know, the, the very buttoned-down, responsible people who put on their suits and go to their jobs and follow all the rules. And then there are adults who meet all their responsibilities but don't take any of it too seriously. And, um, I love that distinction. And, and we're adults, but we're definitely not grown-ups. Uh, and so while you know we're both writers and we have these very intellectual, political, spiritual conversations, at the same time we have completely filthy minds and, and we laugh like little kids. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's a big part of it. We're just goofballs. Is, mm-hmm. is
1: laughter and silliness, playfulness, is that a big
0: part of your relationship? It's huge. Yeah. It's, it's a huge. gigantic part. Of we were listening to, to
2: one of your interviews and heard the, the therapy song or the therapy sisters song. Uh-huh. Come on. And we were dancing in the kitchen to the song, like sort like started dropping everything. Like, and, and, uh, you yeah. know, we, Sing to each other all the time, and, yeah, we're just big nerds.
1: I love it. This and one. when you do have conflict, how do you cope with
0: that and get through it? I find something that I do, and you can speak for yourself, but something that I do that I never did in a past relationship, I just say, I'll just say, you know what, right now I feel whatever it is, angry or... um you're like, I'm not sure what's going on with me right now, but I'm really annoyed and I don't know what it is. And I just need you to know that I'm feeling that way. So if you're picking something up from me, yeah, it's real. I'll figure it out, you know, or whatever, we'll figure it out or whatever the case is. Um, and I, I never used to do that. I mean, I'll just say how I'm feeling. Um, and I think we both feel free to do that with the understanding that I am not saying this to make you think you have done something to cause me to be angry. I am not saying this to try to manipulate you into responding to me a certain way i'm just telling you how i feel. I have a feeling right now and i'm something i need to get through and there it is
2: yeah um and i would say until relatively recently i i would experience a negative emotion but i wouldn't even necessarily be able to give a name to it like like i came to that realization later in my life and so um And maybe that's a bit, a bit true of both of us. So, you know, this is like our reward relationship. We're a little bit older, but in some ways we're working out stuff that, that maybe other people worked out much earlier in their relationships. And to be kind of at that same level where we're sort of learning our way into this and taking risks with each other in terms of like, I, I'm really angry right now and I don't know what to do with that yet, but I'm going to say it out loud to you and put it on the table so that it, it's not stewing. So that I'm not throwing a blanket over this relationship, um, that makes a big difference. And yeah, Mary, uh, there's there's a certain side of Mary's family, the de la Pena side. That's you know, uh, it's Mexican and German, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it, they get they get very loud and very heated, and 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 it, it's big emotion and big opinions, and and so so some of we and we'll call it like you're, you're getting a little de la Pena right now, like just so you know, like it's it's a little. It's a little intense and, 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 and she, you know, but I never try to shut it down. I may, I may go away a little bit. Um, and then, and then we'll talk about it later, but it, it's, I think we, we try to be really respectful of not only who the other person is, but how they process things. Cause we process things
0: pretty differently.
1: I see. I so, see. So we're almost at the end of our time, but what would you share with younger couples That you've learned and you would want to pass on is kind of a a golden nugget or two about what it really takes to create and maintain a healthy relationship.
0: Um, This, This is going to sound kind of strange maybe, but I would almost, the main thing I would say is if you're very young and you're in a relationship, you probably have a lot of things to learn about being in a relationship. If you don't, if you come to it because of how you grew up or whatever and you're ready and you know how to trust and be honest, that's fantastic. If you don't you're going to have to go through some things to learn those lessons and don't beat up on yourself about it. Don't feel bad. Just know this is this is how it is. And it may be that the relationship that you're in when you're very young, that knowing that will enable you to get to that point and be able to do that and um, feel good about it. But if it doesn't that's okay. You've learned something that you'll take to the next one and it'll be even better.
2: Yeah. And I would say um, no matter how angry you get, find a way to talk about it and find a way to talk about it in a way that that is that is respectful of the other person because I I feel like once you get to the point of contempt I, I I don't know that there's always a coming back from that. It's never you're wrong or you're stupid or I I wish you would just get on the right page about this. It's 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 always a meeting of equals um, who both have a right to feel however they feel. Um, and and uh, yeah, with with apologies to my previous partners, I would say I'm relatively new to that.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mary Ann, thank you for having me in your home, and it
0: was a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. It was really fun to talk to you. It as was well. great to talk to you, Jeff. Thank you. Do you know any LGBT couples with interesting stories and wisdom to share on the show? Jeff would love to meet them, so please contact him through the website at QMarriageMentors.com. Until next time, thanks for listening, and have a great week.